Hello and welcome back. Hope you're doing well. Spring is slowly showing itself here in New England, and we're very excited about that. What can I say? It's been a very long winter. I know there are those of you that are entering fall, and I hope that is looking good for you. And of course, there are many of you that don't know what seasons really are because you just don't have them. I guess for you, it's the difference between air conditioning and fans. And I don't know if we have any listeners in either of the polls, but I've been surprised by just how far we have gone. So if you're up there or down there, just drop us a line. We would be thrilled to hear from you. By the grace of God and over the years, we have been reaching folks in various continents and countries throughout the world. But now, moving on to other things. As part of this week's prayer outlook, I need to bring to your attention what happened in Canada. If you haven't heard, a 25-year-old man by the name of Alec Menasain made the horrible decision earlier this week to drive a van into a pedestrian walkway in Toronto. It was reported that 10 people are dead and at least 15 are injured. What would make a person do something like this? At this point, the motive does not matter very much. What really matters is that there are still people with this intent and that they can be anywhere, even in very unsuspecting and unlikely places. So, we need to pray for the families that have been affected by this tragedy, for the victims that are still fighting for their lives, and for our own safety and well-being, wherever we're at. Because unfortunately, anything can happen anywhere. This is just one more thing to remind us of our reality. The gospel of Jesus Christ is necessary now more than ever because you just never know. So let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise you and I worship you for your goodness and your mercy. Heavenly Father, we look to you, Lord God, first for, for that mercy and for that grace, Lord God. We pray, Lord God, for the, for the people, for the victims of, of this thing that happened in Canada, Lord God. Heavenly Father, we, we pray, Lord God, for all the families that have been affected, Lord. We pray for your grace. We pray for your mercy. We pray, Lord God, that if they don't know you yet, Lord God, that they may come to know you. We pray, Heavenly Father, that your gospel may reach out to them, Lord God, and may touch their hearts, O Lord, and may give them that peace that they need, Heavenly Father. Heavenly Father, we just pray overall for your divine protection, Lord God. Truly, we're living in really difficult times, Lord, and we just need your help, and we need your guidance, and we need your protection, and we just need, Lord God, we just need you. Heavenly Father, I pray in the name of Jesus now, Lord, that you may guide us to your word, to your Holy Spirit, and that, Heavenly Father, that you may just work in our hearts and our minds and help us to do what we need to do. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. In today's message, we're going to be sharing about something that will be difficult to listen to, but extremely necessary. We're going to be talking about the gods and idols of today. Our reading is found in Deuteronomy chapter 31, verse 14 to 18, and it says like this, Then the Lord said to Moses, Behold, the days approach when you must die. Call Joshua and present yourselves in the tabernacle of meeting, that I may inaugurate him. So Moses and Joshua went and presented themselves in the tabernacle of meeting. Now the Lord appeared at the tabernacle in a pillar of cloud, and the pillar of cloud stood above the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, you will rest with your fathers, and this people will rise and play the harlot with the gods of the foreigners of the land, where they go to be among them, and they will forsake me and break my covenant which I have made with them. 
Then my anger shall be aroused against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured. And many evils and troubles shall befall them, so that they will say in that day, Have not these evils come upon us because our God is not among us? And I will surely hide my face in that day because of all the evil which they have done, and that they have turned to other gods. It is a shame that at that very moment when things seem to be going so well, that God dropped a bit of hard news for Moses and Joshua to listen to. Despite everything God had done for his people, they were not only going to abandon him, but also to seek after and worship other gods and idols. Isn't it a shame that no matter what God does for people, that it is many times just not enough to keep them loyal? Think about what Israel went through. They endured 400 years of slavery, being killed, tortured, beaten, taken advantage of, you name it. Their blood, sweat, and tears helped make the Egyptian pyramids possible. And yet God freed them miraculously, doing things that the world had never seen before. Yet, at the first sign of peace, God knew they were going to leave him for other things that were an abomination for him. How does this happen? And does it happen today? In order to answer these questions, we need to dive into defining what is an idol or a god. The Bible teaches us this in the book of Exodus as part of the Ten Commandments, and this is at the top of the list. You shall have no other gods before me. You shall not make yourself a carved image, any likeness of anything that is in heaven above, or that is in the earth beneath, or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them, nor serve them, for I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children to the third and fourth generations of those who hate me, but showing mercy to thousands, to those who love me and keep my commandments. Now, it should be pretty obvious. An idol or a god is something outside of the Lord that is favored and worshipped. But here is a detail we really need to observe that helps us define things even more clearly, especially as it applies today. God makes a statement that you shall not have no other gods before me. And we need to emphasize the word before. So the word before does not only mean that there should be no other gods and or idols in front of his presence, or anywhere in and around our lives for that matter. But also, it explains that nothing or no one should take priority or be before him or first. The word before has a two-meaning definition. The sin of idolatry directly implies an issue with priority. There is such a thing as keeping God first and everything else second. If something takes God's rightful first place, then the sin of idolatry and idol worship is very much present. So then, it's not just about having some weird deities or false gods around you and or in your life. It's about the lack of properly placing God in your life. This is what we read in Matthew chapter 22. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked them a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. As we read, our first place love should be God. The first person we seek after, to look to please 
inquire from, and so on, should be God. Our neighbor, which is pretty much everyone else, should be second. And well, there are third, fourth, and other spots for other things. So having said that, what are the gods and idols of today's time? Those things that people give preeminence or priority to. And here is where it gets really heated really fast, because no one likes to hear this, but we need to go over it so priorities can be reestablished. There's quite a list of people and things that folks have put in that first place in their lives. There is the God of selfishness, or a person's own desires being their God, being ruled by their whim. This one is very common, much more common than you think. It's all about me, 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 me. My will be done, not God's will be done. I want to do this, I want to have this. My thoughts and opinions have more weight than what God has to say. I don't care if God says this is wrong or right. I'm doing whatever it is I want to do. Ultimately, in this scenario, the person has declared themselves their own God. They are God. There is the God of money. Many people worship this God. It's not that money is bad, but you can't love it, and it cannot be the focus of your life. The Bible says that for the root of evil is the love of money. For some people, their careers are their idols. Some people are just interested in climbing the big ladder, and they're willing to sacrifice anything and anyone for it. And again, having a career is not a bad thing, but it cannot become the reason for your existence. For some people, their idol or God is their family and loved ones. We need to love and take care of our loved ones. They are extremely important, but they should never take first place in our lives. Jesus said this in Matthew chapter 10, verse 37, He who loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me, and he who loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And of course, included that in that is pretty much any other relationship, husband and wives and so on, everything else in between. And well, some people give their first place to even lesser things. It may not be money or their career or their family or even their own ego. There may be other things. For instance, for some people, being physically fit or their appearance is an idol. Their lives revolve around the gym or eating right or exercising all the time. And that's all they're thinking about. They're consumed by it. In the end, an idol or God can be anything you put before God, anything that takes that first place, anything that sits on the throne of your heart. It's ultimately answering the question, who or what is the Lord of your life? So, how do we get back on track if we have veered off? God needs to be first, which means you give Him the first of everything, your love, your time, your day, your abilities, your finances, and so on. It doesn't mean everything, just the best, the first fruits. The Bible teaches us this, And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God through the Father, through Him. What this means is that before doing anything, you do it like unto Him, which means God. He becomes the reason you do everything in life. You live and breathe, keeping Him in mind. We also read this in Second Chronicles chapter 31. As soon as the commandment was circulated, the children of Israel brought in abundance the firstfruits of grain and wine, oil and honey, and of all the produce of the field. And they brought in abundantly the tithe of everything. 
and the children of Israel and Judah, who dwelt in the cities of Judah, brought the tithe of oxen and sheep, also the type, the tithe of holy things, which were consecrated to the Lord. Their God they laid in heaps. Did God say to, to bring everything for us to have nothing? Absolutely not. Even though He deserves everything, because we owe Him everything, He is only asking to be first, to get the first piece. Keep the rest. Whether it is your time, your talents, your finances, whatever it is, the rest is yours. But even within that, keep Him in mind. Keep in mind what He wants you to do with it. Ask Him. Put Him first by asking Him, by doing things according to what He teaches us to do. The Bible also teaches us this in Romans chapter 12. It says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. We need to prove things. We need to make sure they align with the will of God. It's always about asking God the question when making decisions. Is this relationship your will for me, Lord? Does it fit within what your word teaches me? Is this career or job your will for me, Lord? Should I buy this house or not? Should I be teaching my children a certain way or not? What do you think about this? And what do you think about that, Lord? Keep him at the forefront of everything. We should really look objectively at our lives. Does God really have first place? If the Lord asks me to do something, do I drop everything and do it? Or do I push him to the back of the line and give my attention to everything else? If you truly want to please the Lord and gain all of the incredible things he has for your life, then remove the idols and gods that might be in your life and give him first place. Because if you do, I guarantee you that you will experience God like never before. Let Him be the true Lord of your life. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, I praise You and I worship You for Your goodness, Lord. I give You thanks because You are gracious, because You are merciful, Lord. Because, Lord, You say in Your Word that if we confess our sins, You are faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness, Lord God. You, give us, you can give us a fresh start, Lord. I pray, Lord Heavenly Father, that if we have put things before you, that we have not given you the first place or the first spot in everything in our lives, I pray that you please forgive us, O Lord. And I pray, Heavenly Father, that you give us the opportunity, Lord God, to, to come back to that place where we need to be with you. Heavenly Father, I pray for your mercy, Lord God. I pray, Lord God, that you may just... Give us the opportunity, Lord. Help us, O Lord, to keep our eyes focused on you. To remember, Lord, that we owe you absolutely everything, Lord God. Because we wouldn't live and breathe and exist and least of all have the hope of eternal life if it wasn't for you and for your love for us, Lord God. Help us to always remember that, no matter what happens in our lives. Lord God, I give you thanks and I praise you. And again, I I pray for your forgiveness and I pray, Lord God, that you always again help us to always stay focused on you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, may God bless you 
As always, uh, please feel free to drop us a line to say hello. Uh, we'd be more than happy to answer any questions or whatever you have in your heart. May God bless you.